Heavenly Father, we come to this time of year and we are reminded that your word became flesh and dwelt among us. As the kids told us the Christmas story, we're reminded of that. And Father, now we, we come to your word and we ask you um, to meet us here and to speak to us through your word. Father, we want to hear you speak clearly and, and powerfully to us. Lord, if there's anything in our hearts or minds that, dis- that would distract us from hearing what you have to say to us this morning, we pray that you would remove that and get that out of our way so that we could hear you clearly this morning. Father, may you open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive what you have to say to us this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. So I'm going to ask you to just bear with me as I give you an analogy that's not quite as culturally relevant in Wisconsin as it is in Minnesota, but, but you'll, you'll, uh, you'll follow my path. I think it illustrates um, what I'm trying to say. There, there was a moment last year that's going to go down in Minnesota sports history. People are calling it the Minneapolis miracle, right? The Minnesota Vikings are in the quarterfinals, and they've squandered a 17-point lead like they do all the time. <laughs> and uh, they're in the last second, so they were up 17-0, and now with 30 seconds left in the game, they're down 23-24, to and they're trying to scramble down and get in field goal position, and, and Case Keenum gets the ball, and he's going to throw a quick out route to get stop the clock so they kick a field goal, and he throws it to Stefan Diggs, he catches the ball, the Saints defensive back misses the tackle, and Diggs has enough sense to stay in bounds, and he runs 61 yards for a touchdown to win the game. And everyone's in shock. And, and all of Minnesota, Minnesotans would say that was a glorious moment, right? The Saints wouldn't, and, but, but we thought it was glorious. And yet, I am the typical kind of beat-down Vikings fan. I didn't even watch the game because I thought, they're just going to choke and let me down again. And so I just, I hung out with my family the whole day. I didn't watch the game. Okay, I kind of wanted to know what was going on. And so I would check my phone every like half an hour and, and see what the score was. And so I saw that they were up 17 nothing. And I still remember Rachel and I were sitting on the love seat and I, I pulled out my phone and I went 23-24 with 30 seconds left. I told you, they choked again. I knew it. And I set my phone down and went off and we did the rest of our day. About an hour later, I thought, I should just see if something crazy happened, right? And I pulled my phone out and I thought, they didn't even kick a field goal, they scored a touchdown. What happened? And I got excited and I thought, wow, that was really cool. And I got to experience just a little taste of the glory of that moment, even though I was pretty removed from it. And then you can see the people in Minnesota who are watching the game on television. Go on YouTube sometime and, and, and see, these people are nuts. I mean, they were just as crazy as Packer fans in that moment. They were, I mean, when, when he ran that ball in for a touchdown, they were screaming. I mean, people were laying on the ground crying, tears running down their eyes like, this is the best day of my life. And they, they thought, you know, they were removed. They were watching the game on TV and yet they were removed from it and they got to experience a little bit of the glory of that moment. And yet then I had other friends who were at the game. And along with 70,000 other people, they're watching this moment unfold and hearing the crowd explode and they couldn't even hear right for a while because the crowd was so loud 
because they experienced, they were one step closer to it and they experienced another level of glory. And then there's the players that were on the field. I mean, can you, I mean, you could watch, if you watch the clip and you watch their faces, there's players who are just sitting there completely in shock, completely dumbfounded going, they weren't even cheering. They just sat on the bench going, what, what just happened? And they were, they, they were even that much closer to the glory of that moment. And I was thinking this week that Moses, way, way back when, way back before Christ's birth, Moses, um, as God's teaching Moses how to lead his people through the wilderness, Moses looks at God and says, God, Show me your glory. I mean, talk about a bold thing to say to the God who created the universe, to, to Moses. And Moses goes, God, show me your glory. I just want to see your glory. And God says, okay, I'll do that. But, but what, the only thing that's going to have to happen is you're going to have to hide in a rock. I'm going to put my hand over you, and you get to see my backside. You can see that much glory. Just, you can see my backside glory as I go by. And Moses said, good enough for me. I'll see. I want to taste a little bit of the glory of that moment. And as the Lord passed by, he called out, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. And that this God proclaiming his character as he passed by and, and, and letting Moses just get a little teeny glimpse of of that glory. Almost the same level of glory that I was able to experience checking my phone every 30 minutes of the game. He was, it was that removed from God's glory, but he got to taste it just a little bit. And, and this, God said, this is the, the essence of who he was. This is his character. And as you read through the Old Testament, this comes up over and over and over again. And it's even summarized typically in just that middle phrase, abounding in love and faithfulness. That's God. That's the, the essence of his glory. A God who's abounding in love and faithfulness. And to connect it to our passage today, when they would, when they would translate that from Hebrew to Greek, a lot of times they would say, full of grace and truth. As if the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Abounding in love and faithfulness. But it's really interesting that as Moses gets this little taste of God's glory, he, he comes down the mountain to be amongst God's people, and they all say, Moses, get away. Your, your face is shining. Like he got this little taste of God's backside glory, and his face shone so much that, that it was convicting people, God's people. And they said, Moses, stay away from us. You Cover your face. And so Moses had to walk around with a veil over his face, to veil the glory of God with even that teeny little taste of glory that he had, that little backside glory. And then John says something in this passage, talking about the birth of Christ that causes me to just step back. As we, we watch the kids put this program together and tell the story of this little baby in a manger and John says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It says, that glory that Moses got this teeny little taste of, 
came in the form of a baby in the manger. Not, not just a, a, a veiled glory, not just, um, not just a little taste of glory. No, the fullness of God's glory came in a baby in a manger. It's like the glory that Moses experienced ramped up a million times brighter and stronger came in the form of a baby in a manger. I mean, I I know people who watched that Vikings game and said, man, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have experienced more of that glory. The, The difference between watching that game on TV and being there is significantly smaller than the distance between what Moses experienced of God's glory and the glory of Jesus come to earth. This is the fullness of God's glory. And it just makes me stop for a second and think, man, if Moses' little taste of glory caused his face to shine, what, what, is, what is this baby that was born in a manger what is he what is what what should he stir in us? What kind of glory should he shine on us? What kind of how should that change our faces and the way we react? This is the fullness of his glory. I mean that that really in in a lot of ways, I mean there's a lot going on in Christmas, but one of the big things that happens in Christmas is not just the birth of a of a baby, but it's the breaking in of God's glory into the world. It was it was so shielded throughout all the Old Testament, throughout all of the church fathers, through thousands and thousands of years, and then this this little baby comes and God's glory explodes anew on on the all of creation. It's God's glory expounding in a child. It's a, God's glory exploding in His Son walking as a man on this earth. It's God's glory exploding as He dies on the cross, giving Himself for our sins. It's God's glory exploding as He rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. It's His glory being shown out on all of the world in a powerful way, in a way that has never, ever happened in the history of the world. And when Moses got a taste of that little bit of glory that he had, the the backside glory of God, it said he bowed down to the ground at once and worshipped. There was there was no there was no waiting and contemplating. Hmm, what did I just see? And thinking about it, at immediately he was on his face in worship at the little bit of glory that he experienced from God on the mountain. And now we've got Christ in the fullness of that glory. That glory that Moses experienced ramped up, shining brightly on us. It should drop us to our knees in worship as as we think about the glory that God has revealed to us through his son. And that's what I want us to, I want that to hang with us as we go through the rest of today and as we make as we make Christmas plans and as we hang out with family and and we do all of the Christmassy things that we always do that this is more than just a warm fuzzy feeling this is this is a season of worship that as God's glory breaks forth in front of us we are a worshiping people as we go through the rest of today 
let us worship. And as we go through tomorrow, preparing and Christmas Eve plans, let us be worshiping. As we come tomorrow night for the Christmas Eve service, let it be a series, a service of worship. And Christmas Day, let it be worship. Because we've seen His glory. We've seen Jesus Christ. We've seen His glory, and it's the glory of the one and only the one who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So let us worship Him. Let's pray. Father, open our eyes to see the true glory of Your Son. Open our eyes to see the fullness of His glory revealed and stir in our hearts to fall down and worship him rightly lord we confess that often we we ignore it and we become caught up in our own things and and miss the glory of your son father help us to see that stir our hearts to worship you through this season we pray all of this In the name of your Son, amen.